This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans. Welcome to Curtain Jerk and as always I am your host Jacob Grandi reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. This was a big few days in wrestling. I put up a podcast on Monday night or Tuesday morning rather talking about Raw, talking about Payback, talking about New Japan Summer Struggle and then here I think we're kind of back to business as usual. I'm going to talk about the Independent Wrestling Expo Night 1 and Night 2. I'm going to break down the Wednesday Night Wars or I guess the NXT AEW different Night Wars because they're doing NXT Super Tuesday and the ratings are going up for both of them. But I can see the USA Network saying like, hey, we're just going to put this on Tuesday. We don't care about this little rivalry you have with another wrestling show on another night. We're just going to put it on a different night on Tuesday. So, you know, you're still hopefully bringing people over from Raw that watched the night before rather than, you know, two days after. It's kind of like, what? But if you really enjoyed Raw... And you only had to wait about 24 hours. Another, you, you got to go to sleep, wake up, go to work, come home. Another wrestling. I can see not only numbers going up initially, but numbers continuously going up. Especially if you just kind of consistently put over the fact that guys like Keith Lee were on NXT about two weeks ago. And now they're beating Randy Orton at WWE Payback. I think a few more people are probably going to tune in. Because, I mean, you see the numbers every week. We all know what NXT is. We've all watched it for years. But the numbers show more people watch Raw. So you can definitely get people from Raw over to NXT more easily if you just say tomorrow night, tune in. Tomorrow night, tune in. Not Wednesday night. You kind of forget about things like that. It worked for AEW as well, not going up against another wrestling promotion. They got like a 9-4 or 9-5, something like that. 9-8 maybe? I don't know. They're about to break 1.0. And uh, I think they will. I think if All Out does really well this weekend, a chance to come back and break 1.0. Since we're talking about it, to kick off the show, I guess I'll give my predictions for All Out. Haven't really thought about it too much, so this is going to be a uh, honest predictions here, just right off the top of the head. Britt Baker versus Big Swole. Uh, I've been seeing Big Swole come up ever since she was taking tickets. The first time I actually went to see the Young Bucks was uh, for PWX at this place called Ziggy's, where I mean, look up Winston Salem, North Carolina Ziggy's. Everybody played there. George Clinton, Snoop Dogg. Uh, Everybody, uh, I used to go see, you know, Less Than Jake and Real Big Fish and all kinds of bands back in the day. Bayside uh, at the original Ziggy's. They moved, and since then, the second place closed. But they did do wrestling shows, and Big Swole was actually taking tickets. I remember her face taking tickets for uh, for the Young Bucks. This was like 2014, 2015. So it's pretty cool that she's on. AEW on TNT, so I'm going with her. Uh, Britt Baker needs some comeuppance. This is story. The story's been going on for a long, long time, and I think it's time to see the face get the victory. 
the next match, Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. The Young Bucks um, have kind of been taking a backseat to a lot of other tag teams as of late, and I think that's going to end. Uh, I think that's this is the beginning of the come-up for the Young Bucks. Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express, giving it to the Young Bucks. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara, broken rules match, which I think means someone's going to leave the company. I think Sammy Guevara is going to beat Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is going to take a uh, backstage role with AEW, and Sammy Guevara is going to be continuously getting pushed by the veterans on this roster. He's great. I'm glad to see him getting this opportunity. The Dark Order versus Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares. I mean, the Dark Order is an actual faction. They're going to have to beat these uh, ragtag group of uh, Cody's friends. Maybe because of this, we'll get our Cardona Scorpio Sky match. I think both those guys are really underrated. So hopefully out of this team losing, we get Matt Cardona versus Scorpio Sky. That's what I'm hoping for out of this match. W's been picking up a lot of uh, talent as of late. I want to see them implemented in some feuds here, and I think that would be a really, really awesome one. Then the 21-man Casino Battle Royal. Man, uh, I don't know who's going to win this one. Anyone's game. Anyone can show up. Uh, I've I liked Eddie Kingston in the buildup of this. Uh, Brian Cage would be a cool one for this. Um, let's see. Lance Archer would be a good one for this. I don't know. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy uh, in a Mimosa Mayhem match. What I really want is Mike Tyson to come back and help Orange Cassidy win. Chris Jericho takes a big bump into some mimosa, and then you have Chris Jericho's inner circle faction being led by Mike Tyson and best friends. I think when you say that together, the casual fan is drawn in, like Mike Tyson and best friends, and then that way you can use guys like Trent, Chuck Taylor and even Orange Cassidy, guys that can kind of go and you hide Mike Tyson's, uh, you know, uh, lack of wrestling ability in that and you have them beat Chris Jericho that way and then you can get kind of your roster over. We also have a match that I'm excited for immensely Hikaru Shida versus Thunder Rosa. Um, I was listening to that Tony Khan conference call today, or uh, media call, whatever it is, Q&A, and he was putting over Thunder Rosa huge, and I think he almost slipped up a little bit, so I'm going to go Thunder Rosa. I think she's going to be the dual champion. It's like the hot thing to do right now, Naito, Keith Lee, Bailey, and Sasha, so why not do it with Thunder Rosa? And, uh, you know, shake up this division a little bit. It needs to be shaken up, and I think she can do it. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus FTR. Shit's been boiling, and it's boiling, and it's boiling. It's about to boil over. We're going to have new tag team champions, and we're going to have John Moxley beat MJF, go on to face Kenta in New Japan. MJF is going to fuck that opportunity up for Moxley, Moxie's going to come back, put his title back on the line, and then lose the title. MJF is going to have the championship at the end of the year, but it's going to happen around November because I think they want to push this uh, MJF running a campaign thing through November, just like you would do 
you know, with the presidential election. And, you know, so it kind of makes sense to me to keep this thing going. And they just did a big tournament in New Japan to go after the U.S. title, which Moxley holds. Uh, Apparently, there's kind of an agreement that he wouldn't wrestle for another company in America, but... I mean, New Japan's doing things in America, and you can't really go to Japan right now. I can see them, you know, just allowing Moxley to go to, you know, drop the title. And if they can use MJF in that, then uh, it would bring, hopefully, some people that watch New Japan that don't watch AEW over to AEW, maybe. But I don't think there's people in America, at least, that do that. I think right now AEW is stronger in America than New Japan is in America, and that's pretty interesting, man. I, Sixteen or uh, yeah, like eighteen months ago, sixteen months ago, I would say that that it would not happen, but a lot has changed in that time for sure. Those are my predictions. I did really well with SummerSlam. I did really well with Payback, New Japan, Summer Struggle. I didn't predict that well, so this is an AEW show. I'll see how I do. You know your predictions in the comments below. I review the Independent Wrestling Expo. I meant to make that fucking rhyme just there. And the Independent Wrestling Expo, a two-day event held in Texas. So we're spread out here. It was Indiana. It was New Jersey. And now it's like different parts of Indiana. I'm watching a Colby Carino's Backyard Bash or whatever the hell it's called. That was in North Carolina. Yes, it was just a house show pretty much or a backyard wrestling pretty much. But it had some notable names on there. You would see pop up in things like bar wrestling and fest wrestling. Even NXT with the case of Victor Andrews. So wrestling is kind of coming alive again, which is good to see as a wrestling fan. I enjoy it. And the Wrestling Expo was definitely exactly what you think. The Independent Wrestling Expo. It started out with Warhorse and Myron Reed. I know last episode I talked a lot about Blake Christian, but you got to give it to Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver. They're everywhere. I think I talk about these guys all the time. Crowd behind Warhorse, which was cool to see. Reed, I think he kind of phoned it in at the beginning of the summer. He was pretty hot on that GCW show outside. But ever since then, the shows at the Boardwalk and now at the Independent Wrestling Expo, he has been killing it. Headlift side suplex by Warhorse. Myron goes to the apron to regroup. Warhorse brings him in the hard way. Myron at one point does a, an amazing dive through the ropes, fucking up Warhorse and himself. Suplex to the outside. Big scoop slam by Warhorse. Strikes by Warhorse. Warhorse staying on him. One, two, Reed kicks out. Music plays randomly. A lot of malfunctions on night one, including the bottom rope breaking and uh, just random music playing here at the Independent Wrestling Expo. It was pretty funny. Warhorse trying to bring the crowd back in. Says, uh, turn that shit up. You know, trying to get the crowd excited here. I was kind of dead the whole time. There was someone dressed up like Scooby-Doo. There was a weird man in a suit that was... uh, not social distancing, was leaning on the rail, asking for high fives from the wrestlers. Um, A ridiculous, ridiculous behavior. Just, you know, lay low and enjoy the wrestling show, goddammit. Scorpion Deathlock with the headbang. Pretty cool to see. Reed does get to the ropes. Reed fires back. One, two, Warhorse kicks out. 
Byron hits a stunner. Suplex, one, two. Kicks out again. One, two. Warhorse kicks out. Cutter over the top rope. Off the apron to the floor. Myron Reed's going crazy here. Slams him on the apron. Double stomp by Warhorse. One, two. Myron kicks out. Misses an elbow. Roll up. One, two. Warhorse kicks out. Death Valley driver. One, two, three. Myron Reed beats Warhorse. And then flicks off the crowd to show that not only did he beat their Cinderella story they all know and love, but he don't give a shit too. Great match. Great way to kick things off. That one featured a Royal Rumble and a Survivor Series style match. And this Royal Rumble was a shit show. This is probably how the rope breaked. Uh, Ryan Justice and Justin Taylor, they're wrestling. Justin getting his ass whooped. And then Noby Bryant comes out. Haven't heard of this guy, but I was a big fan of this guy after this wrestling expo. I know I'm shitting on the show a lot, but Noby Bryant... Go look him up. Apparently, he wrestled a lot in all Japan. And um, we're going to go on further here. Uh, he moves on. Or he's, you know, in there clearly better than the other two people. Ace Austin comes out. Bottom rope. Yeah, I wrote down my notes. This is where the bottom rope breaks. A lot of guys getting thrown out. Uh, at one point, I guess Ace Austin got thrown out, but then went back out there for some reason. There was multiple factions here that featured uh, like kind of like a Bray Wyatt wannabe, but he was pretty good uh, for what he did. But long story short, Noby Bryant wins this matchup, so he goes on tonight too to wrestle Nick Aldis for the NWA title. And in addition to the Royal Rumble, addition to the Survivor Series match, there's also two tournaments going on. Jordan Grace and Erica Torres. Grace wins that. Madman Fulton comes out, scares the shit out of the commentators. And it didn't happen at this point in the show, but you can definitely tell the British commentator was getting annoyed at the uh, goofball commentator. And rightfully so. He was kind of uh, distracting at times. Killer Kate takes on Christy Janice. I hope I'm saying that right. Killer Kate won. Jake Logan versus Lowrider. Jake Logan wins with the Blue Thunder Bomb. Kind of cool. And then Matt Seidel versus Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver, I mentioned him before. Definitely a workhorse. I said it before. If you hear his name a lot pop up on these podcasts or her name a lot pop up on this podcast, you know he's out there grinding. Because, I mean, this was in Texas. They've done shows in New Jersey. They've done shows in Indiana. Their main show, MLW, is coming back. Just look out for Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver towers over Matt Seidel in this match. I didn't expect that. But this was kind of cool to see. I mean, uh, a veteran of the high-flying game in there with, you know, an up-and-comer. And Oliver taps out. You know, veteran Matt Seidel was going after the legs the whole time, wearing down Jordan Oliver, and it it eventually got too much for him. Then the next match, they're calling it like the all-beef something tag. Jake something. uh, Ronnie Mack here Black Taurus which is crazy cool Uh, this guy named Gallows and this guy named Apex who I hadn't heard of until this show versus Hammerstone E-Ray Moonshine Mantel 
And then uh, I can't even pronounce these other names. I can't even read my own handwriting here. Moonshine Mantel, really cool. But it all dwindled down to Hammerstein beating Gallows. And Hammerstone looking really good here. Uh, he's another guy that is you know, an MLW staple. So it's going to be good to see MLW come back. Definitely going to be talking about on this show when you see ROH come back, when you see MLW come back. That's going to be worth a review on this show, so stay tuned to fucking Curtain Jerkin. The winners of the two semifinal tournament rounds face each other, Jake Logan versus Matt Seidel. Jake Logan beats Matt Seidel. Then Snoop Strikes comes out versus Laredo Kid. This match was awesome. 450 off the apron to the floor was awesome. Huge Spanish fly. One, two, three. Laredo Kid gets the victory there. Jordan Grace, Killer Kate. Jordan Grace wins the tournament. She stands tall. I mean, she's an impact. She's definitely the biggest women's star you had on this show. So it just makes sense to kind of put her over. Lance Archer makes an appearance. Always good to see him. He squashes somebody. Jacob Fatu, another MLW staple, goes up against Chris Masters. This was a really interesting match to see. Chris Masters, I mean, I said it. If you hear his name pop up a bunch, they're a workhorse. And, uh... I mean, this is the second week in a row I'm mentioning Chris Masters. So even though you're a veteran, even though you're a WWE name, you can still be a fucking workhorse. Get out there. He's even popping up on my NBA podcast. So when he's not wrestling, he's still making a name for himself on a whole other platform. But big moonsault, one, two, three. Jacob Fatu gets the victory. Night two starts out with a bang. Apex, uh leading the way leading the charge with this group called the pack apparently and then Otto von clutch who has like a surfer slash old school stretcher gimmick he comes out and he doesn't have a partner but then all of a sudden the music hits gangrel shows up another workhorse veteran workhorse and apparently trained Otto Von Clutch and you can definitely tell because you know Gangrel known for his character Otto Von Clutch has a character you won't forget you see him wrestle and uh, you kind of remember his personality and everything more so than a lot of guys I would say Apex picks up Gangrel Clutch comes in drop kicks Gangrel falling on Apex Clutch uh, in trouble the pack really picking him apart here. Clutch struggling. Gangrel gets the hot tag. Starts firing off at, at the pack. DDT to Apex. One, two, three. Gangrel and Ottavon Clutch get the victory here. We go on to another crazy lucha match here in Texas. La Fuego del Sol. Lowrider. Lamo and Laredo Kid. Fuego goes crazy here. This match was pretty solid. Laredo Kid wins with another Spanish fly. Jordan Grace takes on uh, Terry Gordy's daughter here. Randa Gordy. Hoss fight, if that's not rude to say. This was an awesome match. Got heated. They brawled throughout the uh, indoor soccer field slash wrestling, independent wrestling expo arena here. Chris Masters versus Charlie Hopkins. Masters wins another match. I guess the first match of the Expo. Brian Cage wrestles Sam Adonis. This is another guy I haven't heard of before, but this was a pretty good showing here this weekend. 
Uh, he does a 450 at one point. Brian Cage hits a 619. Big pile driver by Brian Cage. One, two, three. He gets the victory. That guy Gallo. It's not Gallows like Luke Gallows, but his name is Gallo or Gallows. I don't know. Versus Jacob Fatu. Fatu gets the victory. This is a pretty wild show like if i had paid money for this i would be excited like i mean they they did creative things like had the tournament had the royal rumble had the uh survivor series tag match and then had things you kind of care about like the nwa world championship being defended and seeing some stars from the tv and from you know yesteryear kind of hokey the ring broke music played randomly but i mean it says it independent wrestling expo that is uh something that i've noticed a lot with these indie shows i'm reviewing and a lot with indie shows when i attend it is anything can literally happen this show is barely hanging on by a thread and we got people punching and kicking each other that's why i'm reviewing these shows i love independent wrestling and this show definitely reminded me of that Justice, my read and Jordan Oliver jumping on night two as well versus Kurt Stallion and Jake something. I've interviewed Kurt Stallion before. He's a great dude. This tag team was really something. I can see them going to the WWE. Jake something is a heel in Indiana, but a face in Texas. Injustice gets the victory here. As I was saying, kind of hokey. Anything can happen. The announcer comes over the intercon and says that uh, someone lost a phone and if they you know described the phone and everything and uh if they you know were missing it come and get it it was hilarious to see and here in the middle of this wrestling show i hope they found the phone in fact if it was your phone and you were somehow listening to this podcast i'd like to interview you and i'd like to see what it was like to be at these two shows live alex Garcia versus Thunder Rosa. Great match here. Thunder wins. She's been killing it this week. We're going to talk more about her later. Black Taurus versus EC3. This is like the old Impact versus AAA feud here. EC3 looking strong. He wins the match. Hammerstone versus Moonshine Mantel. This was when it was really apparent that this dude in the suit was not going to sit down. He was hovering over the railing, and like even when like they would get super close, like even like by his feet, he would like kneel down and get even closer to these wrestlers. I'm not sure what the hell was going on here uh, with that guy, but I do know what the hell was going on with the match. Hammerstone getting another victory. You can really tell the guys are putting over in this area of Texas. I don't know if they're going to do more shows, but it's like Hammerstone, Jordan Grace, Jake Logan. These are names that they are putting over and over again. Then we got the main event of the expo, Noby Bryant. Noby Bryant, the biggest takeaway from this expo is that this guy is good, and I'm now interested in this man and his career. Definitely going to reach out and try to see if I can get an interview with him versus the champion, Nick Aldis. Bryant does tap, but this was an amazing match. Aldis putting over the expo, putting over Bryant, leaving with the title. Really cool to see. These shows were pretty long, but it was worth watching. Um, I would say if you're going out of your way to watch this show, definitely just cherry pick what you like. There's three and a half hours wrestling on both nights, so that's like seven hours of wrestling. Just pick and choose what you watch. Watch Myron Reed, watch Gangrel, and call it a night if you want.
Moving right along to the Wednesday Night Wars, formerly known as Wednesday Night Wars, I guess we should say, when we're ranking every single match from AEW and NXT this week from worst to first. Only nine matches here, and we're going to start out worst, Candice LeRae versus Casey Catanzaro, not really designed to be that good of a match and it didn't have a very good storyline unlike Sterling and Moxley that match kind of sucked to be a match but it wasn't designed to be a good match but it had a great storyline with it just like Jericho and Janela. Janela bled for this one and I've been watching all these indie shows so he's like you know my indie darling like I'm watching Jericho beat the fuck out of someone that I'm like no this guy kills it in the New Jersey boardwalk you guys just gotta see and here he is leaving him bloody so it was a squash match for sure, but it was king of the squash matches this week. Thatcher and Reed, number four, I guess, from worst to first, but number six if you're going the other direction. This match kind of sucked because uh, Austin Theory just came out and attacked Reed, and Thatcher won, so that's why it's low rating. But these uh, six, five and four and three could just all... You know, you can put that in any order, really. They're all tied for three, really. Escobar, Wild, and Mendoza versus Breezango and Swerve. This was wild. Really loved the forklift coming in. Hated that Imperium was in there, but once I saw the forklift was there and they were going to just dive on everybody, I didn't mind Imperium being out there. Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks versus Private Party and SEU. This kind of jumped that other match, jumped the uh, forklift, because it was kind of cool that the eight-man tag was going to get reduced to a straight-up tag match in the pay-per-view based on the winners. I thought that was kind of cool, a good way to set up just, you know, a match on the pay-per-view instead of just throwing it out there. So that's why it was good, but it wasn't as good as Santana Ortiz versus Best Friends. This match had everything. Had the cool spots and also had just some great storytelling. They took out Chuck Taylor. Trent was facing him two-on-one for a long period of time. Antana and Ortiz win at the end of the match, though. Number two, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deb. That was a strong number two. Uh, I, I was pretty much going to make it number one until I saw NXT. Finn versus Cole versus Gargano versus Ciampa. This match, worthy of the number one spot, worthy of going out and finding it it was pretty awesome they said that this has never happened in the WWE before a four-way iron man match and it had been a decade since the 60-man iron man match between two people so this is truly one of its kind matchup i enjoyed the hell out of it finn with the double stomp to cole one two three gargano sneaks in a pin one two three power slam by cole one two three and then yomasa ciampa gets fired up He's the only one without a pin. Gets one with 20 minutes left remaining. Figure four by Cole. Finn Balor with a stomp to Cole, only to lock in a figure four himself to Yamasa Ciampa, the exact same wrestler. Cole then jumps on Finn, taking him out again. Goes after Yamaso again, but then it's Gargano who locks in the crossface to Cole, having to reverse the figure four that he locked in to lock in the crossface. So he was... Getting it at both ends, the crossface and the figure four. For mine out of the gutter here, folks, we're talking about the NXT Iron Man match. Tyler gets a pin with 10 seconds remaining. Cole hits him to 
knee to the back of the fucking head. Three, two, one. As the ref is counting, the clock's ticking down. He gets the pin with no time remaining. William Regal comes out. Next week, we're going to get a one-on-one contest. Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. I think it's going to be Finn Balor. You brought Finn Balor to give him this title. You're probably going to have him feud with Cross. You know, the two dark characters anyways. Cole just had the title for a long, long time. So that would be kind of a treading water there. Put it on Balor now. Probably the biggest star of the show. Now moving on to the main event of Curtain Jerkin. WWE main event and this WWE main event was a banger. Maybe they're listening to the show and they're just putting up matches that they know I would love, but these two matches on main event this week were killer. Kiridazawa with his ninjas versus Humberto Carrillo. Awa starting the match calls for ninja power. Byron Saxon says he felt something. Ninjas help Tazawa as he falls back off the apron to what would be the floor. They catch him and bring him back up. Distract Humberto. Tazawa gets the upper hand. Strikes by Tazawa. Carrillo hits that really cool reverse rolling thunder he does. Goes up top. Tazara knocks him off. Not once, not twice, but three times knocks him down. Trying several times to get the upper hand. Big strike battle ensues all over the ring. Carrillo misses off the top, rolls through, pops up, tilt a world backbreaker, slams Tazawa face first. I've never seen this move. It was like, started out like he like threw him down like a Michinoku driver, but you know, chest to the mat, but started out like a Death Valley driver. Nonetheless, one, two, three, Carrillo wins the match. There was lots of highlights from Payback, lots of highlights from Raw. If you listen to my next episode, or my last episode, you will know what I think about that. So I'm going to move right into the main event of main event, which is the top main event of Curtain Jerkin, Ricochet versus Ali. Mustafa Ali was hyping this matchup before we saw it. Uh, I put up a poll every week of what's everyone's favorite WWE main event match and this match won in a landslide I don't think anyone picked Tazawa and Carrillo this was awesome arm drags by Ali, arm drag by Ricochet shoulder tackle by Ricochet one count, Ricochet stays on him Ricochet lands some strikes, staying on Mustafa spinning neck breaker from Ali, one, two, Ricochet kicks out Ali wearing down Ricochet now. Neckbreaker. One, two. Ricochet kicks out again. Roll up. One, two. Ali kicks out. Ali turns around, eats a punch. Both men down. Ali hits an awesome satellite DDT. Side suplex brain buster combo. One, two. Ali kicks out from that crazy combination from Ricochet. Sunset flip sit down powerbomb combo. One, two. Ricochet kicks out from that crazy combination. From Ali, I'm marking out here right before I got to go to work. I'm taking notes. 450, misses, roll through, pop up, recoil. One, two, three, Ricochet wins this match. This was pretty awesome. They end main event with more highlights from Raw. Once again, go back to my last episode if you want to hear about that. I got really cool things on the way for this. I'm going to put up a new show Saturday night, so that should be coming up Sunday morning. As always, guys, fly high. I'm out.